Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Hootboard Visitor Information and Destination Marketing Podcast. I am Brian Reynolds, and with me is Satya Shahade. Satya, how are you? Doing great, Brian. How are you, man? Also well. I'm very excited. You know, you know why? Because we have a very exciting guest with us today. Uh, he's also a podcaster. Now, let me just get into the. Let me just, yeah, I know. Let me just give you. I'm gonna put, get into the bio right now. His name's Adam Stoker. Now, Adam Stoker is the host of the Destination Marketing Podcast. Now, this podcast helps people dive deep into destination marketing strategies while staying up to date on trends. Adam is also the author of Touchpoints, a destination marketer's guide to brand uh, evaluation and en enhancements, and also listed on the 40 Under 40 from Utah Business in Utah Valley Business Magazine. Adam Stoker, thank you for being here. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you guys uh, having me on your show. Uh, you guys have a great show, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And likewise, uh, it's fun. Um, you know, it's been a lot of fun talking to people in the tourism and destination marketing industry. And one thing I do find consistently is everyone has a fun attitude and it's, you know, it's destination is tourism vacation kind of talk. So, you know, it's, it's a very exciting thing to talk about. So I'm really enjoying it's almost myself. a requirement for the job to have fun. It's like, you cannot be in destination marketing and event organization unless you're having fun. What, what, what's the Adam? You know. Yeah, that's that's actually one of the things that I found interesting when I discovered this in industry is that it, it's kind of a hard industry to find. You know, the the layman doesn't necessarily know that destination marketing organizations and convention and visitors bureaus even exist. Uh, you're you're kind of ignorant to it. But then once you find it, you never want to leave because it's such a fun and amazing industry to be a part of. It's funny you say that because that. Totally, totally, totally happened to us. We, I mean, we all see destination ads all the time. And it's just so part of your life that you just ignore it. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, there's real people behind these ads. There's real people um, going in and thinking about what's the, the good that they can, they want to put out there about their community, their city. And uh, it's amazing that this industry exists. And we were very happy ourselves uh, to find about them because, you know, our product can be used in multiple industries. We have had success elsewhere. And then we were like, okay, wait a minute. This, these people are just different. Like, it's just fun. They, they are automatic friends first and then business uh, contacts later, right? And and that that's just a breath of fresh air, uh, especially from where I came from. But without going into much much into that, we'll 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 talk more about you today. Oh, I've been trying to convince yeah. Satya to let me go to like a convention with all the destination marketers, so I can like. So I'm sure it's gonna be a lot of fun. Or CVB people. You're gonna go. Yeah, <laughs> I want to do the karaoke night with them. Yeah, you got to let him out. I mean, it, like you say, it's it's a great industry. And and some of the relationships that I created early on when I just entered the industry, still some of my closest friends today, uh, and, and not every, I did car dealership advertising at one point in my career. And let's just say, I don't have any ongoing relationships from that exactly. part of my career. <laughs> I would, I would totally imagine that I have, um, Little little history about me that people don't know. I used to be a car salesman early on in my life, but um, but I can't imagine staying friends with the car dealer uh, uh, dealership. Maybe the, the marketing person there for one reason or the other, but um, but this industry is just different in, in the level of networking it can do and they can keep up with, which is awesome. Which yeah, is awesome. How sure. long? So, so talking about you coming into the industry, tell us uh, a little bit in terms of how you came here, like what, you know, from car dealership advertising or some point before that. Yeah. Right so I, I've been doing uh, marketing since 2000 or boy, I'm now I'm going to have to remember the year anyway for 15 years. Right. Uh, and I uncovered destination marketing in 2011. I had just started with a small uh, advertising agency in a small town called St. George, Utah. And my job was to do sales, manage some existing accounts. And then as I brought business in the door, uh, I was supposed to kind of help build and grow the business from there. 
Uh, and we did, we, we brought in lots of interesting clients. Uh, I actually uh, started with uh, Cedar City, uh, Cedar City Brian Head Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, mm -hmm. Eagle Point Resort was another one that was a, a really cool client that we brought on. That's a ski resort. Uh, and then referral after referral after referral, next thing you know, it's a giant portion of our business, right? And, and so we just kind of organically grew from there. But yeah, it all started back in 2011 when I kind of uncovered the first DMO. And I actually found that DMO by just walking in and saying, hey, you guys need some help with your marketing? Oh, <laughs> and, and they said, yeah, we actually do. And, and that was sure, kind of the start for us. Sure enough, sure enough. It's, it's funny how there's like people that are, the, these people are just marketing organizations and to the general public, again, it's just not a realization that somebody has to do that work uh, for all the benefits, all the major events that coming, coming to the town, hopefully they'll start coming back soon. Uh, but uh, but there's real people doing that, and it's it's funny. And and another thing I just kind of noticed in what you said, you always remember your first client, don't you? In the, in the industry. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, you know they've always got a special place in your heart, you know, because uh, they opened your eyes to to this amazing industry. And and you know Maria Twitchell is the name of the the person who introduced me to the industry years ago and and you know she she's a very important part of even my career uh and so yeah really really special person and, and you do you always remember that first person that got you in. that's awesome that's and awesome. you've been in the so you've been in the game for a while now and you host a, a podcast the destination marketing podcast and you uh you've interviewed do you know what uh i'm putting you on the spot here do you know what episode you're on or how many uh you put together so far so I think the one I just released was episode 143. Wow, uh, so wow. we started in May of 2019. Wow, that's you, you've been that's a, you've been working at it. That's uh, that's great. Uh, 143. So you've interviewed a lot of people, or you've talked a lot, and you've learned and studied, and it's been career and everything. And and I, you, so you 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 know you know you you've really done a deep dive into this topic. And I just want to know, like, uh, in terms of like destination marketing strategies, or is there anything you can point to that's been particularly particularly effective, clever, interesting, or that kind of uh, get into that a little bit, or share some insight there? Yeah, you know, I've had the opportunity to talk to so many different destinations. You know, 143 episodes, and at least 110 of those were destinations that we were talking to, uh, and. There's, been, there's a lot of different strategies that have been tried out there, and there's a lot of innovation that's happened in this industry. I think this industry was a little bit slower to make the, the transition from some of the traditional tactics that were a little outdated uh, into some of the more digital tactics. Then there's the natural challenges that come along with attribution uh, in marketing, uh, where you know the destination runs the campaigns and the hotel collects the revenue, and that data bridge isn't connected in a lot of cases. There's been some great innovations, uh, innovative products that, that are starting to connect those dots, which, which is really, really cool. Uh, but as, as far as, as strategies that I've seen be really effective, I think authenticity is really important. And I talk about it a lot in my book, uh, but there's, a, there's some destinations that, that there's a, they, they have a certain um, perception about them and some of them will take it as a negative and they'll try to avoid it. And then there's those that will actually lean into it. Uh, and the one that comes to mind right now that, that, that I'll, I'll call out, I had John Ricks, uh, who was the, pre I don't know if he's still there, but the president and CEO of Visit Nebraska. Uh, and Nebraska launched a campaign a couple of years ago called Nebraska, It's Not For Everyone. Correct. And what they did with that is, is they took some of the things that people perceive to be negative about Nebraska, and they actually built a campaign around it. Uh, one of the, I'll never forget, he said one of the pieces of copy from his campaign was, we have found that only boring people get bored. <laughs> and, I like it. and I thought that was such a brilliant piece of copy to describe that while yeah. Nebraska might not be for everyone, that might be a you problem, not a Nebraska yeah. problem. That's, that's uh, awesome. he, he, he talked about they have these, uh, these big cow, uh, I can't remember what they're called, uh, tanks where the cows will, will uh, lean over and drink out of these tanks. 
Um, and man, I can't believe I can't remember what it's called, but they actually created this thing in Nebraska where they will put a bunch of people in these giant tanks and, and they'll float down the river, right? Yeah, uh, I, I, gosh, I can't remember what it's called, uh, but that is something that they feature and they say, look, it's not for everybody, but man, this is a unique thing that we have to offer that nobody else does. I, uh, and, I and I just think that's so smart. I remember you talking, uh, I remember here listening to this episode and I was like, that is amazing to take something, take something that is a, you know, people would think of Nebraska as boring or there's nothing there or there's no nightlife or whatever. Well, that's your problem, right? We are who we are and, you know, digging in to that, taking that out there, that just makes sense. It, um, if you don't mind, it reminds me of uh, Brian Gikunia's episode as well uh, from um, uh, on our end with uh, some North Orlando. Do do Orlando North? He's a he's a good podcast guest, by the way. I, um, you know, but shout out to Guy and he. It was the exact same thing we talked about there. It's it's authenticity in terms of what they do in terms of their marketing, just bringing out those. Um, those weird things that your destination is about. That's how you stand out. That's how you help people remember. And that's how you take it to the next level, right? Um, tell us more examples if you have any, Adam. Yeah. don't want to put you on spot, but just jump in with anything you have. We, we have well, all it's the one time. Of, <laughs> it's one of my favorite topics. And so I might, I might take advantage of that too much and you'll have to tell me to oh. stop, but... Uh, it's funny you mentioned Guy because I was introduced to Guy about a week and a half ago and we're recording his episode of, oh. of my show next week. <laughs> so, That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love yeah. Guy. Oh, He's a Guy. great, great guy. Yeah. 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 Um, another one that comes to mind, and it's one from a couple of years ago, and I'm actually a little bit perplexed that they moved on from it because it was such a brilliant campaign. And you've probably, if you listen to my show, you've probably heard me talk about this one too. But I feel like in the destination world, so many people get caught up in features and forget about benefits. And so it's like, we've got hiking, biking, fishing, trails, you know, and it's, it's great. That's wonderful, right? But so does every other destination. And so yeah. if, if you're going to run a campaign about your destination, what you have to focus on is the benefits. And the state of Idaho had a really, really cool campaign a couple of years ago. It's one of the few videos that are advertising videos that I've ever watched that actually made me emotional as, as I watched it. Now, if it's a Disney movie, I'll cry all day, but, but advertising rarely brings me to tears, right? But, but the campaign was, and I'm sure by now you know which one I'm talking about, it was the Idaho 18 Summers campaign. And it said, you have 18 summers with your kids and then they're gone. Correct. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to be a better yeah. dad. I've been wasting my time with my kids. And I had uh, Matt Baroud from the state of Idaho on my podcast. And as Matt was talking about that campaign, he said, listen, we understand that some people may use one of those 18 summers in other destinations. They might go right. away from Idaho. But what we're betting on is that as the bearers of the message, they're more likely to choose us. Uh, and, and their product backs it up. They've got an incredible product for family travel. Uh, and I thought that was such an authentic campaign for the state of Idaho. So much so that I leave tomorrow to go on a vacation with my family That's to the state awesome. of Idaho. They got, they got you. How about that? They got, they got me. They did. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I, I know you have inter talking about Idaho. I know you have uh, interviewed in the past Carrie West Westergrad from you know Visit Boise, uh, but uh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, talking about outdoors, you know that that region in the country uh, around. I mean, we have a lot of good regions, obviously, but um, you know, getting your kids out there and. I must say, I, I, I was having goosebumps as you were saying that because I, I just had that realization myself, right? It's like, hey, they, you don't have a lot of time with your kids somehow. They, they grow up quickly and you just have to kind of make use of it. And boiling that down into a campaign, into a statement is that's where, that's where the, uh, you know, the, the greatness lies in marketing, right? Yep. 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I want to bring up one more example, if yeah. that's oh, okay. Oh, uh, sure. It's all yours. Sorry, so, my Slack is like a going off here. So I just need to turn it <laughs> off. I forgot to turn it off. Uh, for people who are on Slack, turn off the Slack before uh, the podcast. <laughs> that very, very identifiable sound, that Slack noise. Yeah. Yeah, so turn off Slack. Yeah, especially Sorry. now. Yeah, go ahead. Um, the, the example that I wanted to give you is, is actually from uh, a campaign that we had the opportunity to work on with Bryce Canyon. Uh, it's actually Garfield County, Utah, but no one recognizes that name because we've branded it as Bryce Canyon Country. And as we were working on their COVID recovery campaign, we really wanted to, to put a message out there that, that was authentic to them, but also encouraged people to get out and travel. Uh, and we came up with the campaign called Upgrade Your Dust. And the idea wow. was your, your stuff that you used to use when you'd go camp and travel and everything, it, it was gathering dust in your garage for the last year. So how about we upgrade that dust and go, go get your stuff dirty with some fresh dust again yeah, in Bryce uh -huh. Canyon country. Yeah. And that's been a very, very successful recovery campaign for Garfield County. Uh, it's a good hook. It's a good hook. And uh, I yeah, it. I feel, I feel pretty, uh, dusty myself in, in some ways. Uh, it's time to get out there. Right. I did though, though I did manage to sneak in a couple of trips, uh, you know, and I'm sure Brian, you're trying to get out there as well. Yeah, Bryce so. Canyon, love Bryce. Yeah, I've been there once before. It's a beautiful country. And one of the things uh, I do think I like, Adam, is uh, the campaigns that you can taste and see and smell. And they said, upgrade your dust. So I just yeah, immediately took my the, the, the scent, uh, like what the dust kind of smells like if you're hiking versus the dust that's in your garage, right? So it kind of like it invokes that uh, emotion or that, sens that sensibility, I should say. Uh, so, so yeah, great. Quickly. Talking, talking about COVID-19, since you brought that up, it's your fault, uh, Adam. Um, <laughs> Here we are again. COVID stay time. away from it. Um, but talking about COVID-19 uh, and the, the whole pandemic, what are you seeing now? What are you seeing with your partners you're talking to right now? How, how is the state of the union, if you will, um, a, you know, in the tourism industry and how are they changing things and how are you guys changing things as you know things progress yeah i'm glad you asked me this because every destination is in a different place uh and and it's if, if you just if you're still going with the status quo i promise you're missing right uh we, we believe that marketing is getting the right message to the right people at the right time and it's that simple but there's a whole lot that goes into making sure that that you you hit all those on the nose and, and so as we look at COVID and how it's affecting each destination, I'm seeing that rural destinations are experiencing record-breaking traffic. And so the campaigns that small destinations are, are required to run now, it's not please come, it's a distribution yeah. campaign. It's once you get here, go somewhere else so that we're not shoulder to shoulder. Uh, and and I, I'm gonna use uh, Bryce Canyon again as an example. Bryce Canyon National Park is, is at the center of Garfield County, but some of the most amazing uh, experiences that you can have in, are around Bryce Canyon, but not in Bryce Canyon. But 90% yeah. of the people go to Bryce Canyon. My family and I, a month ago, went down uh, to the area and we actually hiked a slot canyon that's outside of Bryce Canyon. It's called Willis Creek. And uh -huh. it was an incredible hike. I mean, we had, we had a fantastic time, but 90% of the people never even make it there because it's not in Bryce Canyon. So what you have is these, these rural destinations are dealing with a distribution issue. And then you've got these urban destinations who built their business around conventions and you yeah. know, major urban events and things like that. They're really struggling still. And what they're finding is that they've got to come up with new leisure travel messages that they really haven't had to come up with for years and years, right? Yeah. And, and so, you know, what I'm recommending to everybody that I talk to is that you have to somewhat, and, and within what you're able to do, you need to throw everything you've done in the past out the window and stop saying, well, we've always done it this way, so this is how we're going to do it. And you need to re-examine everything. 
your audience has changed. Uh, restaurants that were a key part of your customer experience have gone out of business. So your customer experience has changed. Yeah. Uh, so, so much has changed in the destination marketing industry uh, and in every destination, especially urban destinations. It's time to redo your strategy from top to bottom, re-examine your audiences, make sure that you're getting the right message to the right people and that the right people might be different people than they were before and the right time might be different because let's say you were targeting retirees during the school year because yeah. they were willing to come well maybe now because they're a little bit more hesitant to travel because of the way COVID affects the elderly you might have to figure out how to get families to your destination on the weekends when in the past they weren't even a factor Right. And, and so there's so much that's changed. I just think destinations have got to reevaluate every component of their marketing plan. Every, that, I'm glad uh, I'm glad I asked the question because uh, as you said it, I'm like, wait a minute. We are seeing that exact uh, exact challenge. Part of it, we come our product comes into picture is small destinations are getting so much traffic that they're now saying, OK, we have visitors coming in that we have never, the volumes that we have never dealt with before uh, in some ways, how are we gonna guide them? How are we gonna get up-to-date information to them? Uh, because a lot of them uh, don't have running visitor centers, so, so they, cannot, they cannot guide them around. And people are doing much more of those two, three hour drives because they still, you know, depending on what level of hesitancy they have in terms of, um, in terms of flying, um, all these all these smaller destinations are getting just too much traffic, uh, which is which is great for them if they can handle it uh, right. Otherwise, it's going to spread bad word, and both for them and for larger destinations, it's just a completely new slate that they need to work with. It seems like yeah. Do you mind if I push back on you just a little bit there? Is yeah, that please, okay? Yeah. So I do believe, and I agree with you, that that in a lot of rural destinations, over tourism is a problem. But I also think we're dealing with a little bit of a laziness problem in, in some rural destinations where they are, instead of, instead of doing the work that it's going to take to build the distribution campaign, a traffic distribution plan, they're going to say, well, over-tourism is the problem and we need to ratchet it back. Uh, and mm -hmm. so I just think there are some where, where over-tourism is the case and we do need to, to pull back Correct. on tourism. But I, I would argue that in most destinations that are dealing with over tourism, they need to do a better job of guiding the visitors to a more complete experience and not have 90% of the traffic on 10% of the. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's always the case is there's a, the internet has a lot of easy content, right? It's 10 top, you know, five top places to visit in plug-in xyz right uh, and that's what is driving band the destinations are sitting back and taking that traffic and then complaining hey we cannot handle this when there's like five other gems that just are not found and a lot of times the to your point i i completely agree and the way you put it you did it uh, did a great justice to it is the destinations know this the destinations and the people they have their experts in their places they know exactly what's good what's unique where they would themselves go to and they're not opening that up uh, or putting that out there so yeah. um so i absolutely see this is such a huge opportunity now yes last just a few months back we were talking about how bad the situation was but now it's 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 really you know money knocking at the doors is how you how you take advantage of that with with you know your destination and for, for the yeah. businesses of your destination. So, um, Adam, uh, is it okay? I'd like to, ahead. yeah, I'd like to, uh, actually, I'd like to talk about your book if that's okay. I think it's be a good opportunity sure. to get into that. Um, because, uh, it kind of works together with, uh, kind of like the, the guide, uh, guidebook you put together here, but so in your book, touch uh, in your book, it's called touch points, a destination marketer's guide to brand evaluation and enhancement. It said, uh, it says the founding thesis for the book, 
is that a brand is the sum of all the touch points an organization has with the outside world. And, you know, we're talking a lot about examples of destinations right now. And I just kind of maybe if you can maybe talk a little bit about uh, the, the brand evaluation and enhancement process and maybe expand on what you mean by the sum of all touch points. Uh, and, uh, and feel free to use uh, live examples too, or uh, previous examples. We love live. Absolutely. Live, yeah. Lives too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to. So my book, uh, what made me decide to write the book is that I had so much content that I had generated for the show uh, from the podcast and, and that I felt like I had interviewed some of the smartest people in the industry. And I realized that I felt like, like from what we had gathered, we had enough to give you a comprehensive view of how to create an effective brand for your destination. And so I curated a lot of those interviews along with a lot of my personal opinions and thoughts and, and philosophies and put it into a very usable guide of how to examine your brand and enhance it. Uh, in fact, at the, in, at the end of each section of my book, there's actually a worksheet. It's a very simple worksheet, but it, it, it's centered around action and making sure that you don't just read the book, oh, that's great information and put it on the shelf. There, there's an action plan associated with each step in the book. And what, what I mean by touch points is when, when I say your brand is the sum of all the touch points your organization has with the outside world, that's anywhere where someone interacts with your brand. So for example, you place an ad, and this is an easy one because in advertising, we know that we place an ad, people see it, that affects our brand. What sometimes is a little bit more challenging to recognize is that as I'm sitting down to eat dinner, uh, in a restaurant in your destination, and I interact with the waiter, that's a touch point with your yep. brand. Uh, when I, and I won't say what destination it was, but I had to travel for a conference to a destination recently. And I asked the woman at the front desk, I said, hey, where do I have to eat that's unique to this destination? And she looked at me and she said, well, all we have is chains here. And I, I actually ended up chatting with the, the DMO and they said, I can't believe she said that. We have so many unique restaurants here. And, yeah. but, but that's a touch point, right? And, and so I, I believe there's two types of touch points. One is the controllable touch points that you have. And, and that's the interactions that, that you control. So an ad, uh, as you run PR and an article gets written about you or a social media post or uh, someone calls into the DMO to ask questions about their trip. All of those are controllable, right? Uh, your, your wayfinding signage within your destination, talking about traffic distribution like we were earlier, that's a touch point. The non-controllable touch points are when someone comes to your destination and goes back home and talks about your destination to someone else, it's yeah. no longer controllable. Every opportunity you had to control that already happened and now it's under their control and, but it's part of your brand so if you did a good job that's a good touch point and it enhances your brand if you did a poor job with your touch points yeah. it takes away from your brand and it cheapens your brand uh, yeah. and that's why every touch point whether it's customer experience or advertising or your website or everything in between it all has to work together and jive well so that as someone is talking about your destination, by the time they've experienced your destination, they should be able to tell an effective story. If your yeah. brand's all over the place, it's gonna be difficult for them to articulate the story. Uh, and so my book is to help people examine all of those touch points and create an action plan to improve and enhance your brand. And, and that, that is amazing that you are putting it that way and the touch points, you're defining the touch points in a way that they are so broad. I, I have an example on that front. I was talking to, uh, I forget the name uh, from Visit Syracuse and we were talking about Destination International, Destinations International a couple of years back in St. Louis, I, I, I think. And he told, he's a big guy, uh, Mike, I believe, big guy, in St. Louis, you know, staying in a hotel, wanting to find a restaurant, put in Google Maps, and then Google Maps took, took them around like a few blocks. And all of a sudden he lands into an area where he was scared for his life. It's maybe partly 
to you know his jumpiness, but partly also, hey, can we have updated information, right? Can we just not have people stray uh, into it? It's not you know every city. It's not about St. Louis. It's not about uh, um, you know particular city. Every area is gonna have something good, something bad, something boring, something exciting. You want to manage. You want to control that messaging and get that. Um, we always talk to our clients about the leaky bucket syndrome. You, you are spending, in some cases, millions of dollars and you don't want to bring them in and then have a leaky bucket where they're just plain losing, with the, losing you with your messaging and not seeing what you advertise them in the first place, right? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, an, another example that I share in my book, and, and I think you guys really help with this. You help with the in destination experience. Exactly. We are all about in destination. Yep. I think it's so critical. Uh, and and uh, one of the things that, that I talk about in the book is in, I was in Knoxville, Tennessee for a football game. Uh, it was amazing. My team won. It was a fantastic experience. But, but Knoxville blew me away. Uh, and if you've never been to Knoxville, there's a beautiful square downtown where there's restaurants all around the square. There's live music in the middle of the square. And on game day, it's unreal. Yeah. Uh, and we were there at a restaurant called Stock and Barrel. And we had eaten these really unique burgers. Mine had blueberry jam on it. It was very unique. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at the end of the meal, I looked at the waiter and I said, hey, we'd love to see your dessert menu. Uh, and he, he looked at us and he said, you know what, we've got great desserts, but if you yeah. really want to experience Knoxville, if you want it to be a unique experience, you need to go around the corner to Cruise Family Farms and their, their ice cream is the best. And yeah. I, I couldn't believe that somebody would say, don't, don't, don't try our desserts. They might be good. If you want the real experience, go around the corner. And I have talked about that experience so much because, because that was an incredible touch point, right? That we had in Knoxville. And by the way, Cruz Family Farms, worth it. Totally right. The ice cream was amazing. So uh, yeah, that was a really, like, once again, going back to touch points, they really knew how to spread their brand around and make sure that everyone understood what they're trying to convey. Hospitality fact, was their brand. Yeah, and I don't know if you guys have something to do with it, you know, in terms of their clients, but they are our clients. I And I've been to Knoxville. Um, shout out, by the way, hashtag uh, Knox Rocks. That's what they go by. So uh, very cool, very cool destination. Everyone should check it out. Um, but... Uh, they have an active program to train, you know, ambassadors across the city to to be able to kind of share that. If I remember, if my memory serves it right, so serves us right, um, you know, they do have that program, and we have interviewed someone from Knoxville previously uh, to be able to, you know, uh, who manages this, right? So it's it's a very important skill uh, to be able to get your community in, in almost your community and that as we do that destination or visitor information in such a way and the community be trained that they can talk about it on their own and basically propagate the message for the down. Yeah, no, Knoxville is not my client, but I sure wish they were <laughs> so I could take oh. some credit for, for what they're doing. They do a wonderful job uh, and, and I, I really respect what they're doing in their organization. Yeah, Kim and her team are a very tight shop. They, they are awesome to work with. I would definitely uh, hope that you and uh, them cross paths at some point. So, yeah, yeah. I'm so, one thing I like about doing this job, one thing I like about this, so running a podcast like this and just popped in my mind, we always talk about these amazing destinations and all these great places to go to and how much fun and how interesting they are. And like, I think I'm going to have to like take all of our episodes and just like visit every single place that we've interviewed and like in my, maybe yeah. like my, my retirement years or now maybe not, it's too long to wait. I got to do it sooner. Right. And like take a, every vacation I take, I'm going to have to go visit one yeah. of these destinations. I, I don't want to lose track of the book though. Is it out? When is it? If not, when is it coming out? And where can people order? Let's uh, let's make sure we get that information out there. Yep, it's been out for about a year and a half. Uh, I'm working on a second edition right now. Some of the technology that I mentioned has changed. Some of the technology that I've omitted needs to be added. 
Uh, and so I'm, I'm working on the second edition. Not sure when that's going to get out because it's been a crazy busy year yeah. so far this year, but I'm working on it. Uh, it's available on Amazon. Uh, you can either order the uh, physical book or you can order the ebook. Uh, I think the physical book's $15.99 and the ebook I think is $5. Uh, so it, it, uh, it's got great reviews. I've gotten great feedback from, from some of the, the destinations that have gone through it. Uh, really proud of it because it, it was something I, my dad's an author and it always just seemed really overwhelming to me to do yeah. something like that. Uh, and, and so it's something I'm really proud of. And, and while I think it turned out great, I, I also really think it needs a second edition. <laughs> so, yeah. But, you know, the hardest thing to do is look back at your own work and, and admire it. I'd much rather admire other people's work. Yeah, yeah, no, it is, it is, it is a good achievement. And I'm definitely adding it to my reading list because I have not read that. And that, that probably would give us uh, enough incentive to call you back and then really dig deeper. But the concept of touch points, people talk about it. People, you know, try to preach it. Uh, it's much harder done um, than, you know, said uh, or much easier said than done, uh, depending on how you position it. But I think, I think, uh, Going through that, walking the road, investing time and energy, I think that that's true for any business. And I'm sure it's more than true for destinations. How yeah, real quick, let me let me but, just add one thing onto that, if that's OK. And, and that's yeah, that, totally. you know, my book is a great do it yourself tool. Like I give you the tools to do it yourself. But I think it's a little overwhelming for a lot of people. Like you said, it's easier said than done. Uh, so we are actually rolling out a service where we will do the entire process for you from, you know, from the destination analysis to the touch point analysis, uh, all the way through to the improvement. Um, and we're rolling that out literally in the next week or so. Uh, so more to come on that, but we're gonna try to make it even more functional where instead of you having to shoulder that entire responsibility, we'll guide you through the entire way. And that was my, I mean, you answered my next question because I, I was going to say it cannot be it cannot be easy, right? Uh, you need you need a coach. Um, almost everyone needs a coach, especially when you are talking about self improvement. Whether you you know it's a, as an organization or a, you know a person, you need a coach through that and somebody external looking at you, guiding through it. And I'm glad you said that. Uh, and it's a you know. Uh, we are all about good plugs. And I think, I think you deserve to kind of get that word out there that because people and our DMOs need this help. Other thing we talk about, we have talked about with, with um, Todd from Schenectady is just the concept of destination marketing and management organizations, that management piece of your destination is such a under discussed topic. I know there's a lot of people talking about that right now, but I think um, a lot of destinations are structured around there's, there's hard limits on how, what they can do in terms of their budgets, right? They have, they need to spend so much percentage of their dollars into marketing, um, which means the, the word management gets kind of under uh, appreciated. Um, the, the problem is that is exactly what leads to that leaky bucket. If you're not managing your destination, you're not managing that communications, you're not working with your community partners to build you know, aspects of your destination out, um, that's, when, that's when you're talking about things like people walking into areas that they do not need to or just restaurant servers not giving the right information for that matter, right? Yeah, this is, this is where, you know, I'm a strong believer in the idea that a crisis, while painful in the moment, in a lot of cases can be turned into a good thing. And, and I think that the management portion of a DMO was really brought to light when COVID hit. I saw DMOs jump into action, leveraging and providing content to, to their stakeholders organizing. I saw everything from like virtual wine tours to, uh, you know, people actually going out and helping hand out food for their 
uh, dining establishments that were understaffed, but were trying to get the, the food out the door. I mean, there, there was so much that I saw on the management side over the last year. Right. I do feel like one of the positives that's going to come out of COVID for the industry is that every destination had to step up their management side of things. And, right. and I think that trend, uh, it, it's almost like the stakeholders that because tourism was at a 10 year high right before COVID hit, yep. uh, it's almost like we didn't need to engage our stakeholders because we're providing them so much business. They should just not ask questions and just enjoy yeah. it, right? Just, yeah, just accept the business and be happy. And I think the stakeholder engagement portion of, of destination management that I've seen over the last year is a trend that, that in my mind is going to continue for a very long time because it was a great wake up call because we need it again. Uh, yeah. and, and we realized how much we need those stakeholders. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, uh, and and uh, we did hear a lot of stories like that as well where um, the DMOs are getting out there doing things for restaurants and um, you know, engaging tremendously with their local chamber or uh, you know, the business improvement districts working, taking the time to even work on the, the facade, like how, how the, the city looks, uh, right? The, it's, it's a lot of good investments that went into that, which is, which is awesome. And kudos to all the destinations who did that instead of saying, hey, we have been hit with this painful thing and now we are going to do nothing, right? So the trick is to, to not revert back to the way things were before. Take the good things that came out of COVID and make them permanent. Adjust your processes to make those permanent and don't fall back into the way you were. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk a little bit. Uh, you did, this kind of dovetails nicely into this next question. We do have a few minutes left and I wanted to dig into this. You did use the word, the T word trend. And I wanted to... You mentioned one trend. I was wondering if you can maybe expand a little bit. You have 15 years of experience in the tourism marketing industry and destination marketing. And I just want to know if you can talk about any, any newer trends you're seeing uh, and the destinations that are embracing and just maybe talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think one of the trends that I'm seeing, and it's kind of, it's kind of funny to, to talk about it on a podcast, but I think in two, three years, every single destination is going to have a podcast of its own because I'm really passionate about this format. Uh, we've created a podcast network called the Destination Marketing Podcast Network, where we're producing podcasts for destinations. And the initial results are, are fantastic. And the reason for that is because podcasts allow someone to consume content in a passive way. You can listen to this, you can learn while you're doing dishes, while you're folding laundry, you're at the gym, you're driving in your car. So you can multitask and time has become the most valuable commodity that anyone has. And to do just one thing at a time is becoming less and less exciting for anyone. So if you think about how destinations have marketed historically, they all market to their website. And if you're going to consume content on a website, you are sitting down looking at either your phone screen or your computer screen, and you're required to read every word on the page if you want to really digest that content. That goes for also social media content, for uh, long form content, but with podcast content, people can consume it passively. And that's why podcasts, I mean, 55% of Americans have listened to a podcast uh, in the last year. You know, and, and the reason that that number is so high is because of that multitasking ability. And so I see the trend of destinations creating podcasts that allow people to use a passive format to plan their trip. Uh, and then the unintended consequence of it is the stakeholder engagement as you feature different places within your destination. Uh, this, yep. this trend of podcasts will continue and I'm very confident every destination will have one in two to three years. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense, and um, uh, and we definitely see. In fact, Givita, who we talked about earlier, um, he has a very good podcast of his own for the Orlando North um, and their county, Seminole County. But the beauty of it is, you're talking to the stakeholders, you are engaging them, and they are talking directly. 
to the to the customer in this case the visitor but a lot of times the customer could be your citizen too right in 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 a lot of ways this is a great way for the dmos to engage their own community beyond uh, what they're traditionally again looking at and that's that's very important because it goes back to our previous discussion is how are you gonna get every citizen talk about your destination and have those touch points so it's all a full circle right at this at that point it's a full circle well absolutely and you know what else it is we talked about over tourism earlier right yeah it's a great distribution tool. You have 30 minutes in a podcast to tell people all the things that are not Bryce Canyon to do in the destination, right? And so I don't know if you guys saw, but this uh, in the last couple of days, Zion National Park received a, a, a ton of rain and ended up having lots of flash floods. People were stranded, roads were broken. And, and it's like, if, if a podcast could have helped more people be in different areas of the county, you know, not so many people might've been stranded at that time or whatever. I, I really believe that, that there's, like you said, stakeholder engagement, distribution of traffic, um, you know, uh, helping people plan their trips. Uh, Laredo, Texas has a podcast called the Ola Laredo podcast. And the main feedback that I've gotten from Eileen Ramos, the CEO there at, at uh, Laredo, she said that so many of her stakeholders and locals are consuming this podcast. And that's been the big surprise for her is that locals really want to know what the tourists get to be told, you Absolutely. know, uh, and, and they want to know what's going on. Yeah. And, 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 and the flip side of it is the tourists do want to engage with locals. They do want to be able to go out and act like a local um, in fact, they want to know what's not unique or very, well, unique in the sense, not the mainstream for this location, right? Like they are that destination and uh, being able to point that out, um, no matter what medium they use, we, we would obviously plug in our own product on that, but podcasts, uh, you know, uh, kiosks, if you will, you want to do mobile apps, email campaigns, talk about talk about not just the, the, the five top, but the other 50 and you know help help your visitors pick the interesting things for them, their families, their own uh, nuance or if you will, in terms of what interests them, right? And, and I'm sure your most destinations have to offer a lot to other um, than, than what just appeals to the top five. Yeah, expose them to more touch points. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, come back around. Came back around to the other touch points. That's great. Yeah. Hey, I love it. Um, okay, so we are seven minutes away. Thank you again, Adam. Uh, there's two more questions I have for you. These are quick hit answers here. I want to be respectful of your time since we uh, locked you in for uh, for the hours. So, what is an action item destinations can do today? Can start today that will enhance their brand re-examine your audience. Remember, it's getting the right message to the right people at the right time. Double check the audience that you've decided that you're going to target and, and verify that your Google Analytics data still matches that, right? That those people are still the ones demonstrating the most interest. Verify that you're getting the right message to the right people. And that is the first thing that I would do today if you haven't done it since COVID. That's awesome. Thank you very much for that. And uh, one more, I'm gonna fire one more at you. Here we go. Let's do it. What are some resources that What are some resources that destination marketers or travel destinations are not taking full advantage of, and they should be? The biggest issue that I see, other than podcasts, because I talked about that earlier, but the biggest issue that I'm seeing with destinations not taking advantage of is you spent all this money to get people to your destination, and you're completely ignoring the traveler once they get there. Every destination should take a portion of their budget and dedicate that budget to in-destination marketing. And if you'll do that, you're gonna, remember we talked about the distribution problem. You're gonna solve some of the distribution problems, but you're also going to improve that customer experience once they're there. You make sure they choose the dining establishments that are going to be most likely to result in a good experience. Uh, and dining is one example, but you kind of get my point. I believe that a healthy portion of every destination's marketing budget should be spent in destination. 
and and never ever tell anyone how much we paid you to say that right um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what it's it's funny because i i knew you'd like that but it's true it really is true it's the it's the biggest thing that's getting neglected right now in destination marketing yeah it's a we we we, we feel so sad when we talk to destinations that especially when they say hey we have to put money to marketing and that's how our budget works. But no, this is marketing. You are, once you get in, you invest in that, you invest in that visitor, a bird in a hand is worth two in the bush. Once they get in, make sure you invest in them and they are going to talk about it forever. They are going to talk about it like a simple example, like that ice cream story you just told us. They are going to talk about it. You just have to kind of invest in it. Uh, yeah, it, it only makes sense if you're going to look at your destination holistically and look at all of the touch points that you have. And if you look at all the touch points and then you don't do anything for the in destination experience, it, you're neglecting half your touch points. Marketing isn't just paid marketing, right? Your brand is so much more than that. A brand is so much more than just a logo. And I really feel like in-destination marketing is the thing that's being neglected. I, I know that's going to help you guys, but that's not why I said it. No, no, I agree. And, uh, and we obviously agree, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you say that. And I'm, I'm glad there are um, champions for uh, this because I don't think, um, and we see, um, you know, uh, people all the time who are not understanding the, how important this is. It's just, hey, the, the visitors coming in, you already spent the money to get them there. Might as well make it, might as well knock it out of the park and then move on to the next one. Otherwise, otherwise you're just wasting your money. So I think, I think that's a really good segue for Brian to take over. Adam, Adam one more time. Uh, do you have any uh, links, uh, Twitters, uh, handles, anything you want to shout out right now before we close it up? Yeah, so the, I would just say that uh, find me on LinkedIn if you want to connect. That's that's just Adam Stoker on LinkedIn. You'll see me pop up there. And wherever you consume your podcast, after you've already listened to the Hoopboard episode, make sure that you add the Destination Marketing Podcast to your queue. And yeah, no, actually, yeah, leave a, a five-star review of, uh, of Adam Stoker's uh, podcast as well. Write a nice comment in Apple's review and all the uh, and everywhere you can review the podcast. So, all right. Um, Adam, if there's not anything else, uh, Adam Stoker is the president and CEO of Relic and the host of the Destination Marketing Podcast, also the author of Touchpoints, a Destination Marketer's Guide to Brand Evaluation and Enhancement, and once again, the 40 Under 40 of the Utah Business and Utah Valley Business Magazine. Adam, thank you for being here and have a great vacation. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for watching this clip of the Hoopboard Visitor Information and Destination Marketing Podcast. If you liked what you saw, please consider subscribing to the podcast. You can find us on all the popular platform for podcasts like Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google. And while you're there, please consider leaving us a five-star review and a nice comment. You can also find us on YouTube, so please subscribe to us there. You'll find consistently updated content with the latest interviews, tips, tricks, ideas, anything that's relevant to the visitor information and destination marketing industry. Thank you for for listening.